we got to give it a second. And guess what? I think we are live now, fellas. What is up, mates? What is up, everybody? Welcome to this magical Willy Wednesday with Pendergast Podcast. What an honor it is to sit here down with two special mates of mine. One, Gary from California Superbike School out in the UK. He's an instructor. Uh, what an honor it is to sit down with him. My man, Daniel Shoemaker, you guys here in America know exactly who he is. So what is happening, fellas? And real quick, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to my man, Cameron Frazier, 2023 GP2 British Supersport Champion. What a mega lad. I had him on the podcast. You guys go back and check it out. Um, also, big shout out to my man, Jake Marsh, with his dad, Peter Marsh. Um I can't say it enough. They support me and sponsor me. Man, what mega lads these guys are. Nothing but love. Also to Martin from the Clothing King podcast. I mean, the Clothing Kings. Uh, anybody looking for T-shirts, hats, get any type of merch made, I highly recommend. Reach out to Martin at the Clothing King. If you're not sure how, reach out to me. I'll make it happen. But anyway, that's enough for me. This is not why we're here today. We are here for my man. Gary, that is in the house. What is up, Gary? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. It's uh, it's nice to be on board. It's been uh, it's been a worrying weekday, as I was saying earlier. Really getting excited to to talk about things and and just being on. It's the first one I've done for me, so it's quite uh, quite an experience. Oh, oh Lord, we 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 can't hurt him too bad, Chris. <laughs> He's never going to want to do another one. <laughs> it's uh, I'm very delicate. Oh, it was a, we were doing tech one day and we had one of the coaches walk up to me and he's checking my bike over and he goes, you know, if you'd relax, this would go a lot, this would be a whole lot easier. It's like, right. shut up. <laughs> right. No, l l listen, uh, Gary, I promise you we'll take it easy on, on the first podcast, but yeah, first podcast the next one easy. we do carry, uh, Gary, it's, it's, uh, no holes bar, baby. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be wide open. Uh, Nah, uh, it's uh listen again. What an honor it is! A uh, big shout out to Peter for actually setting this up. Um, he's he's the one that that actually made this happen. So yeah, big shout out to to Peter March. He actually owns a dental company. So if anybody needs any work done, reach out to Peter March Dental. Yeah, you got him, the best lad out there. Uh, Martin Adams is actually watching. Man, the Clothing King podcast. I always say that because I had him on. So yeah, the Clothing Kings, which is uh Martin. What is up, my man? Um, Gary, how did you get into motorcycles? Blimey. Well, it's um, it's quite interesting, really, because um, going back to, to what, probably the, the 70s when we were at uh, secondary school, that sort of thing, um, at the time, 16-year-olds in the UK could ride a moped, which was 50cc with pedals that you could use if you wanted to, but nobody ever did, really. And... Um, so some of my my peers started getting themselves mopeds and uh there were a couple had the old ff1 and ap15 and one even had a pook grand prix which was quite a, a novelty at the time a few bobs there at, the, at that point and um so when they turned 16 um we used to sort of chat about it and that sort of thing and um it got to the point where during lunchtime we'd clear off into a corner of the playground behind the buildings where nobody could see and I got the opportunity just to ride around the bike sheds on it, which was great. So I went to see my parents and said I'd like a moped, and nope, no chance. <laughs> so that was a bit of a disappointment, really. Um, then, of course, we got a little bit older. We got to 17, and at 17 at the time, uh, we'd learn the plates on. You could ride the 250. So people progressed and 
125s on the 250s and that sort of thing. So I still stayed interested. I got to 17, asked again, nope, no chance. So um, it was my mother actually who was quite uh, quite vocal about it because uh, my my grandmother, her mother, uh, had um, a fiance and they were involved in a serious motorcycle accident. She survived, but unfortunately he didn't. So she's always quite um, vocal. Um, so I said, cool, well, that's okay, that's fine, I'll wait till I'm 21 and then I'll, uh, I'll buy my own when I'm an adult, I can make my own decisions. So I got to the age of 21 and um, took my mum with me and uh, she signed the uh, as guarantor for the finance papers. Hey. So, uh, <laughs> so no. I bought myself a 125, um, passed my test and then bought a 750 and um, said to me one day, can I come out on for a ride? I said, yeah. And from that point on, she jumped on the back, and I couldn't escape the house without her. So it was uh, it was quite nice. So it progressed from there. So I passed my test in what? Through nineteen eighty-two. So it's been uh, it's been a while, the, the, and, and that's where it came. So from that point on, really, um, I've, I've apart from a short spell where I was talked out of it for about 12, 18 months, I've always had motorcycle in the garage, which is great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, man, that's 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 proper. So how how did that go from? Uh, ride motorcycles into California super bike school. Like, like, how did that whole transition go? It, 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 ha it happened. It was. It was quite. Um, it, it wasn't so much gradual. Um, I, in in a previous life, um, I was uh, I was a police motorcyclist, um, and that, that they had wire wheels and twin shocks at the time, so it's quite a long time ago. <laughs> uh, um, and so I I sort of passed the the advanced test. So I was a, a half-decent rider. And funnily enough, you're talking then about uh, Scott Russell. The, um, the the World Superbikes Brands Hatch Round were on TV, and, and it was um, Keith Hewan interviewing Keith Code, funnily enough, because at the time Keith was working with uh, Scott Russell when it was him and Carl Fogarty neck and neck for the for the championship. And so Keith interviewed, got interviewed by uh, Keith Hewan on the, on the TV, and I was watching it at home. And I had a friend of mine who who I'd worked with on the police bikes, and he'd gone into a different department and I'd come off the bikes, but we still kept in contact and used to go out for a drink. And so we went out uh, this particular uh, week after the, uh, the interview, and I was talking to my my mate, and he'd seen the interview as well, and we were just sort of discussing, you know, how what Keith said had made quite a lot of sense. And uh, the the second ex-Mrs. had said, um, overheard this conversation and um, bought me a level one course as a, as a surprise Christmas present. That's so cool. uh, yeah, so so I did level one, then went and improved. Did level two and improved again. And I'd been looking for some means of putting something back into riding. Um, I think that everybody can say that you know if, if you ride motorcycles, then they're in your blood. And I wanted to find means of putting something back into it. You know, to, to help people get the same sort of level of pleasure and, and joy I've had out riding motorbikes all these all these years. And um, I didn't want to teach learners because I think that's a, a particular sort of skill that I might have now, but at the time I didn't think it was was, was for me. And um, so I approached Andy Ibbett, who was running the school at the time, at the at the National Bike Show, and um, asked if we could get involved. So we uh, he said, yeah, we can do, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a little look at you first of all. So I went down to Pembrey in, uh, in Wales to do a tryout day there. Passed the tryout day and... Um, and got involved in the in the training program from there. So, I I started coaching for the school in June two thousand and one. 
so uh, so I've been around from from quite for for, for that sort of length of time, really. So that's yeah. In there, that's that's awesome. Uh, that's a what? long time. Yeah, it, it is. It is. He's coaching for a while, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's what? What excites you the most about uh, coaching people? I, th I think it's something that that everybody. I don't think it matters what sport you do. It's when when you see somebody actually get it, and and you know it, it's it's really good and and to to see those smiles on people's faces at the end of the day. And, you know when when I first got involved and we go and sort of try and promote the school at the bike show, people would say, well, why do I need to spend money on training when I can go over there buy an exhaust and get an extra ten horsepower? And that was the mentality at the time. But, but gradually, uh, it, it came almost overnight, really, that all of a sudden people kept coming up and saying, do you know what, I bought the superbike and it scares the life out of me. I need some help. Can you help me? And and so so that, that really made the difference then, that, you you know, your people who actually wanted to come along, wanted to invest in themselves and improve the standard of riding and, and to get the best out of the bike. And, and it's good to see that people now come along to the school and you've probably seen the same Daniel where they'll come along and at the start of the day they're really quite nervous and a little bit apprehensive and stuff. but at the, at the end of it you know they, they know that they can go away and actually they're in charge of the bike and it's not the other way around so it's, yeah that's, that's the best part of it really for me just to just to see those those improvements and it, it doesn't have to be anything huge either just a small improvement for a lot of people makes a big difference yeah, absolutely. You know, it also helps with the confidence and everything. So, uh, which is a huge deal, right? It's 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 uh, it's almost like a school teacher that satisfaction you get, uh, ra raising you, you your little kids, right? Yeah, yeah, showing them the way. Yeah, I know. It's uh, man, it's awesome. Uh, man, it's it's. I would love to try to uh, get involved in, in trying to help. You know, pe people coach. Uh, people gotta really have an understanding on on riding. To, to actually do what you do, right? You actually got to know the body position, the correct body position, and, you know, this target fixation. And, man, the list goes on and on and on, you know, uh, obviously. Man, I'm, I'm getting some co comments in here. Uh, Chris Fulton, um, he says, quality training from Gary and the team. Absolutely. The best in the business. Gary, California. He is the man school. in the business. Dude, listen about here. Fact. So it, listen, everybody that, that, that is listening to this either live or after it's done because you're at work and you can't catch it right now, we'll be on Spotify, All Heart Radio, Google. The only thing we're not on is Apple right now. Or you can come back on. YouTube I'm working on that. that. Okay, thank you. But listen, you guys reach out to Gary. Okay, if you live in the UK, there's no reason why you should not reach out to my man, Gary. Yeah, we're, we're at the bike show this coming weekend at the NEC from the, I think it's the 18th to the 26th, something like that. So we're going to be part of the Kawasaki stand. So anybody who's listening or anybody at all who wants to come along, come and say hello. It's good to see people in the, you know, in, in real life. So to speak. And we'll talk motorcycles all day long. All Great. day. Yeah. The, are you guys on ZX10s over there? Or ZX10s? Are you guys on ZX10s over there? Because there are BMWs here, I think. But, yeah. okay. Yeah, there's the still BMWs in Australia and uh, the United States. We use Kawasaki. They use Kawasaki in the Philippines. Um, Norway, they've got Suzuki's at the moment. And um, Poland use Triumphs. Time out. There's a racetrack in Norway? Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of them, actually. There's yeah. the uh, there's one I'm called... Uh, now. <laughs> it's covered two feet of snow. Absolutely not. <laughs> 
yeah, there's a place called Rudskogen. Um, okay. And they've got a racetrack in the Arctic Circle, which we've not been to yet, which is a disappointment. I've heard about that. Y'all can have that one. I yeah. no. It's just, we haven't been there. What's this we stuff? It ain't gonna yeah, be me. Right now. <laughs> hey, it, it'll be quite cold, but I, I think it would be good for, for the sport to get out. hundred percent It'd be yeah, great. hundred percent, man. So listen, my man Martin Adams from the Clothing Kings, you guys heard me say it earlier. If you guys want any merch, I don't care if you live in the United States, Japan, wherever in the world, reach out to to the Clothing Kings proper. He said Gary is an absolute legend and Martin. Absolutely agree, mate. A hundred ten percent. And then we got Jane. I love you, Jane. Of course he is. Of course he is. There's Absolutely. a certain bias there somewhere, but that's it. <laughs> and well, then we I got. I have I have another one from my mate, man, my good mate, Cameron Frazier. Everybody know he's been on the pod. Twenty twenty three GP two. Sick. Superboard. Yes, dude. Sick. Yeah, dude. He, dude, Cameron Frazier. What is up? Let's go pin the gas. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Um, Gary. So, how closely do, do you actually work with with the United States California Superbike School? We 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 work quite quite closely overall. Um, the the United States. The the thing with the school is that it's it effectively the, the same products wherever you go. So the the training for the coaches is the same. The way that the coaches interact and work with the students is the same. So that means that you could be maybe level one in the United States, um, come and do level two in the UK, do level three in Poland, and do level four in the Philippines. You know, it's the same. It, it, it's that that sort of thing. So we've had some coaches this year go out to uh, to the United States to to further their training. Um, our chief riding coach uh, Glenn went out with our deputy chief riding coach Scott um, a couple of months ago, and they had a great time there. Uh, one of our other coaches, Andy, went out earlier in the year and and had a good job. So uh, so yeah, there's quite a, quite a bit of interaction really. We're in regular contact with them now, which is good. Yeah, that's that. That's great. That's really it? good. It, it is. And uh, Martin, again, our mate Martin, ask him about Predator. I gotta know about Predator yeah. now. <laughs> the Gary, <laughs> what is up? Just the reaction Gary just had. Right. The, the chin all the way back laugh. I. What is this story? <laughs> so how long have we got? Uh, as long as you need, a half. As long as you need, baby. Let's go back to prehistory. Let's go. Um, I, when I when I joined the cops, I joined in 1979, so it was a long time ago. Uh, but in 1980, I went to work in Greater Manchester in in Moss Side, which is uh, one of the inner city areas. And uh, at the time, of course, I wasn't riding because I wasn't old enough, according to my parents. Uh, but there was a, there was a, I got to to know a colleague of mine over there, uh, a chap called Neil Charles, who um, had a Honda CB900F, one of the first ones, the twin cam motor, that sort of thing. And every so often, he'd give me a lift home, and that. Um, well, I just scared the life out of me on it, and um, so so I I I, I got this this 900F, and um, then I it, it, he was coming back from the Baldor, and I think it was about 1980, 81, 82, and he was joining one of the main arterial motorways to come back to the northwest. Had a blowout, threw uh, <laughs> himself on the bike at the scenery. He wrote the bike off, but as usual, he he just got up and walked away. So he then took what was left of this Honda and uh, contacted um, a company called Rickman in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of Rickman. Yeah. I know Rickman, yeah. 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 So they, they at the time were making road um, road chassis, cash chassis kits for road bikes, mostly the uh, the GS1000. Well, they made a few for the GS1000, and uh, they made plenty for Kawasaki, and they made one for the 900F at the time. 
So he he built this Rickman and uh, used to ride around on it and go to go to work and that sort of thing. I got my bike. We started knocking about together. I passed my test, and um, I had my test in the morning. So he rang me up and said, uh, "How did you go?" And I said, "I passed." He said, "Oh, great." He said, "I'll I'll come round and uh, have a drink, have, have a cup of coffee with you." So he turned up on this Rickman Predator CB900, and we're there talking. And of course, I've just passed my test on a one two five Honda. So uh, he said, uh, "You're going to buy." I know where the story story's going. So he's going to get a bike anyway. Take it for a ride. So on the day I passed my test, I rode this particular Rickman uh, Predator. And um, so then I bought a 750. It didn't last long. I bought an 1100. And we, we, we went around Europe, him on the Predator, me on the 11, uh, that sort of thing. We knocked about a bit. And then a couple of years later, we sold the bike and I, we, we stayed friends. Uh, and the Rickman disappeared off the planet. So two years ago, I'm rooting around on Facebook on one of the CB900F restoration pages because I bought one because it was the first bike that scared me. And this bloke says, uh, I've got a Rickman Predator CB900F if anybody's interested. So I was able to tell him the registration number of the bike and told him the history. So um, you know, he, said, um, he said, are you interested? So, well, yes, I am, but I'll have to make some space in the garage. So, um, so I entered into negotiations. Then we're on the way down to the XL. And I said to Jane, I said, I've done a terrible thing. So she said, and usually when you say I've done a terrible thing, it means there's something coming. So she said, what? I told her the story. She was like, let's go and have a look. So we went and had a look at it. And um, so uh, we, we struck a deal. And um, so I brought it home. The chassis had been partly restored, came with loads and loads of spares. So we ended up putting it back together again and painting it, all that sort of thing. And um, it's it's back on the road again. But it, it, it's been taken off the road. I think the first time I rode it was, was the start, middle of last year. And it's the first time it'd been on the road for 35 years. Oh, that's so, awesome. So I offered it to I offered it to Neil see if he wanted to buy it. And he said, "No, I'm not interested." So I thought, "Well, that's it. The door's open." So yeah. So uh, so I ended up uh, ended up buying this this Rickman. And of course, I, I said to uh, said to Martin, I "said Can you do me some do me some graphics?" He said, "Yeah, of course I can." So I sent him the pictures, and of course, you can imagine where it went with the with the word "predator" on the side of a motorcycle. Right. It. So um, so we always he always takes the Mickey out of me and. Um, <laughs> A load of input about me riding a motorcycle called that but uh but yeah that's the that's the story behind the rickman really it's, that's uh, awesome that's a that's a great story man that's awesome that bike think, deserves to be back on the road yeah i think from what i can from find out from the rickman owners i think they they built 14 of them in the early 80s and so it's it's one of 14 that were originally made that's and, awesome and i think probably one of only maybe four left worldwide wow wow we so, got one that's uh, awesome that's it's, proper. It's unique, yeah. But uh, it's and the nice thing is it's part of my motorcycling history, so uh, it's good. I like it. So now we need to talk to uh, Jane to let her be in the, the bike being in the house somewhere, right? Oh, well, <laughs> fortunately, it's banned. That was we had a bike in the old in the in the living in the um, hallway in the old house, but the uh, band, uh, which is a bit of a bit of a shock, really. But yeah, it's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So similar story. I uh, <clears throat> I did the same thing when me and my wife first got married. I bought a Ducati nine nine six and didn't tell her. Um, and she, <laughs> until we're in the middle of Walmart, I felt I guess the safest in public, right? <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest, right? That's New wife, not yeah. all, that's all, not always a a guarantee. Trust Dude, me, no, Daniel. Facts, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Th th this is going to make you guys laugh. So we're, we're sitting there, and of course I'm nervous, right? I'm like, 
man, fuck, how, how am I going to tell her I just bought this motorcycle? I didn't even, I didn't mention it. Didn't say shit about it, right? So, uh, I was like, um, yeah, I, I, I did a thing. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, I bought a Ducati 996 the other day. And she was like, this is the first words out of her mouth. Excuse my French, everybody. She says, what? You think just because we're in fucking Walmart, you're safe? <laughs> <laughs> it. And I was like, uh, absolutely not, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it it didn't go down too well, right? It, it, it was one of those things where I did something and asked for forgiveness later. Um, I didn't do it again. I, I, t- I tell you that. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was just a funny story. Uh, it was yeah. uh, Got to say, top tip is to buy them all the same color. That way, they're never exactly sure whether you already own it or not. That's what I love about Ducatis and only buy them red. No, dude, I've had that. What are you talking about? That's been there, right? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. for free, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my mate's bike. I'm just working on it. Three years later, she's like, "Well, you keep riding that bike. What's up with that? Oh, you know, I'm just riding. Whose bike is that? Right, it's it's my bike. I've got to keep it running properly for him." Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, it man, being in love it is what it is with motorcycles. It's it's almost like a sickness and a disease, really. It, it's something that because it consumes me, I know it consumes the both of you and everybody that's listening or watching. It's I, I don't mean sickness and disease in a bad way at all. It's uh, it's definitely an addiction. It's it, it's something that takes a hold of you and you just can't put into words. I, I, I fail at having to uh, describe in the best way my love for, for two wheels. Right. It's uh, it's really hard for me to do at times. It, it really is because it's 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 so proper mega and and people look at me and say I'm crazy. I'm a lunatic. I know too much. I spend too much time watching road racing or podcasts and are reaching out, being on the phone with all the guests and doing this and doing that. But man, at the end of the day, man, if, if motorcycles left this planet, I might as well go with them. Cause I, I mean, yes. Okay. Let me step back from it. Cause people right now are probably like, dude, what about your wife and your son? They're my everything. Don't don't get it wrong, right? But if you took motorcycles away, I wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be the same person because nothing would ever fill that void, right? Um, same thing with with Gary and, and his uh, teaching of people and, and being an instructor, right? It's the same thing. It's man, it's it's a uh, motorcycles are a beautiful thing, and it's what brings us together. You know, I think it's funny, isn't it that. You, you get, I can't think of anything else that does this in that you get somebody and they try a motorcycle for the first time and they either like it or they don't. There's nothing in the middle at all. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like them, they never ride them again. No. But if you like them and you ride them, then that's it. You're stuck. You're in your blood and you, you can't get them. Yeah. It, it's all you think about. It, listen, I have a habit just like you guys do, right? Like I got like, I don't know, a lot of helmets. My wife's like, do you need another helmet? And I'm like, do you need another purse? Right. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. But this is a battle. This is not about that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, motorcycles is life, baby. That's what it is. Right. And that's it. Like, so, yeah. You talk about helmets. I've got two on the table that, that you can't see. I've got the, some of the collection right there. I've got two more back over here and there's three in the garage. So it's like, what are we doing? You know, like that's a Hodgson. Like that's a signed Hodgson. That's a signed Maladin. I'm, if I can ever meet guy, I'm going to get that one signed. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, it's an addiction. It, it is, yeah, but it's, it's the best addiction. Gary, I have a question. That picture hanging up right behind your head. Yeah, 
Is that yep. you? No, that's Freddie Spencer. Spencer. That's Freddie Spencer. Okay. I wish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hang on. Let's rephrase that. You wish not riding that damn thing. Well, <laughs> no, I've seen footage of those things. I want no part of the power band that's 500 RPM oh. wide. Absolutely not. <laughs> Gary, no. have, have you ever ridden a 500 two-stroke? Uh, no, I haven't. Unfortunately, no. Um, it's, uh, I'd love to have a go on one. Absolutely. I, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't really. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's, it's just a pure racing motorcycle, isn't it? And uh, I just love to ride one. Oh, yeah, I'd like to ride one. I'm not going to race one. <laughs> I did ride on was the RG500 when that first came out in, what, 86? That scared yeah. the life when they started. I gave it back to the owner and stuck with me big fat four strokes. Right. Listen, I, I love for I have another comment, but this is for uh Daniel. What's up, my man? Gower. Gower. What up, dude? Yeah. Gower's also hey dude, Daniel, he wants to know how are those T TCS good still got them. They've they've lasted two years. Um they I'll probably try and get one more year out of them. Nice. I bought a pair of boots off of him a couple of years ago. Um dude, Gary, so going back to the school, once you got involved with the California Superbike School, uh how What's it like to work with proper legends that actually come through the school, right? Uh, it's 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 interesting. It, it's um because it, they're different than the people that usually come to the school, right? So it, it they're a different breed. So how, how do you coach them different than anybody else? We don't. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, you know, thing is, is that really, yeah, you know, you get some people who are absolutely supersonic around the track and they do exactly the same thing that, that we do with a motorcycle, just that the, the, the timing and the application is slightly different. You still have to do the same things. You can you can only do two things with a motorcycle. You can change its speed and change its direction. That's your yeah. lot. Yeah. And, and so they they have the same issues just uh, just on a, just on a higher level. And, you know, we've always found that if they come with the, you know, with an attitude that they want to learn and they want to improve, which clearly they do, then the opportunity is there for them to be able to do that. You know, we've had some, we've had some very, very good, you know, racers come on the school and and and, and champions and British champions and what have you, and foreign champions, and you know they they've come along and they've they've improved as well. And of course, you know, the thing is is, is that certainly with the the racing side of things, their improvement is in terms of what maybe a tenth, a hundredth, a thousandth yeah. of a second. So, so it's it's you know it's just a very subtle change, if you like, for them to 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 get what they need out of it, and yeah. it can be something quite quite small. And it's it, it's good. To, they're good to work with, but the majority of the people we work with are road riders who just want to want to be safe on the road. They want to improve. They maybe want to go a little bit quicker, but not necessarily. They just want to get get off the bike at the other end of the ride and think, I really enjoyed that, and getting up on the other side shaking like a leaf. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the important thing, really. You know, it, it I is. Rumor a long time ago that Cal Crutchlow came through the school at one point. Did he come through at Silverstone? I think he might have died. Not not that I not that I'm sure. I'm sure he probably has done at some point. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, we've had um, you know we've had quite a few people on it who've who've gone on to 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 be very good. So yeah. yeah. Because I remember reading an article in like PB or something like that years ago. They were talking. They had a write up about the school, and I was like, right. "Okay, cool. They're over in the UK now." And they were like, "Oh yeah, Cal Crutchlow came through and learned all." That. I was like, "All right, if, like, good for Cal, you know." But yeah, cool. 
we've, we've had a few last last year's GP two champion Jack Scott's done the school. Yeah. Um, you know, we've 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 got um, Dominic Agatha's done the school. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Dominic. I've, well, I know of Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, incredibly quick. Um, um, well, I'm cracking from that. I think it's Randy Krumanak has done the school. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, there's there's been quite uh, quite a few that have come through as well that uh, that, have, that have done well. What so, was it like meeting Jonathan Ray? Because I'm a huge fan yeah. of Johnny Ray's, dude. Yes, I seen that picture. I was like, oh my god, dude, lucky jelly yeah. over here. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 like coming on here, really. You know, Chris. You know, just a little bit nervous at first, but. <laughs> But yeah, can Jonathan Ray ride your bike? Yeah, of course he can. Mm -hmm. wow. So, oh so yeah, he came along and um, yeah, he's he's really nice, down to earth bloke. You know, lovely to speak to, um, and it's it's like all these racers are incredibly good at what they do, and you get talking to them and, and they're just really nice people. You get the odd one that aren't, of course, but that's life. And you know, for me, he, yeah. he, was, he was lovely. He was he was really really good and. Uh, you know, looked after our bike, which was even better, but uh, he looked after himself, which is more important. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was a pleasure to meet him. Yeah. It's, it's, do you ever find yourself where you got to turn the fanboy off? Because I do sometimes when I interview people, I'm like, like we, we talked about, I get nervous, you know, and anxiety and all this for the podcast. I'm like, man, I'm going to have this conversation with this and this. And it's just, it's all this excitement, all this buildup, right? It's, it's, and I find myself, because uh, I'm such a fan of the sport that, um, once I actually sit down and we get face to face, I, I in a way, the fanboy kind of turns off, but it's still there, you know, because it's still right here, right? Um, do you I, find I yeah, I don't think you ever lose it. I, yeah. I really don't. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's somebody at the top of the tree at the moment or whether it's somebody from from years ago as a former champion. It, it's you're, you're always very, very aware of of who you're talking to and, yeah. and the things that they can do with the motorcycle. Yeah, that's why. I, that, that's why I, when I meet everybody and I talk to them, I always tell everybody, and I mean it, dude. What an honor it is to sit down and have this chat with you two gentlemen, right? And everybody in the future and in the past. It's it's uh, you know, life's short, right? So it when you're living it, it's hard to think about who you want to spend the most of your time with and who's the most valuable to you, right? Um, and you got to pick and choose through, through your life as you progress on on doing this, um. But again, what an honor it is to spend this time of my life sitting down with you two, right? Talking about the same love. It's it's listen, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't ever change it for the world. It's a proper mega for sure, man. And uh yeah, I, I feel you on that, Gary. It's uh it's special, it really is, man. So I, I got off the phone this morning with Caden Wilkerson, right? He's coming on the podcast, he racing the six hundred super sport. Um, in, in BSB, uh, well, when I come out there to Cadwell, it, it was a dream of mine. And me and Gary ha had this conversation before. Um, you know, it's, it's my favorite racetrack in the world. Everybody knows BSB is my favorite race organization, not because I think that they're faster, the tracks are better, blah, blah, blah. It's solely because, um, Cadwell Parks is simply amazing in the history behind it. But as far as BSB goes, is they don't have the electronic assist. They don't have the Xbox and PlayStations when they get on the bike. It's down to proper road racing how it used to be. How we grew up watching Miguel Duhamel, Doug Chandler, Fast Freddie Spencer, Valentino Rossi. You know, all these guys that everybody heard of and knows about, they didn't have that stuff back then. So to me, right now in 2023, as we move forward, 
they're the only ones doing it. And what a proper way of racing, man. What battles, you know, you 240 horsepower motorcycles with no electronics. They yeah, don't get no better than that. It, it does not get no better than that, Gary. Sorry, the floor is yours. <laughs> now, I was just going to say, you know, you, you're riding something like that around Cadwell Park and, and throwing at you pretty damn quickly. It's, uh, it's a great, it's a great track to ride, but it's not particularly wide. And how they get super bikes around there, it's impressive. I don't even like. I don't even like that track on a video game, much less doing it in person. I, I've been watching it for years, and you've got the mountain and everything. And Chris and I had the conversation because they're doing baggers next year of over there. Sometimes. A bagger at Cadwell Park is going to be. It, no, I hope no, no, no taking there. Yeah, no, no, uh, man. You know, I, I tell everybody, listen, Cadwell Park is the most beautiful i've been a lot of racetracks in the united mm-hmm. states never been one out of country except for cadwell okay so i can't speak for magello or anything in spain or anywhere like that but me in my lifetime i've been to laguna seca texas i mean you name it uh, i've been to a lot of them uh cadwell park to me is it, it's such a beautiful track but when you, you when you're standing there and you seeing Josh Brooks and Ryan Vickers and these guys like four or five feet rear tire off the ground coming off this mountain jump. You're like, holy shit. It is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on two wheels except for the Isle of Man TT. I mean, and, and then I tell people, when, when, once you come over that mountain jump, it's basically a little mini TT course, right? Back on the back section, the left, right, left, right. The tire walls are so close. There's, there, there's one tree you can get super close. Actually, there's several of them. Um, I forget the name of the corners through there. It's a bunch of little S corners um, where I'm literally like six, seven feet away from the guys just coming by, right? And uh, I'm standing there watching and I'm thinking to myself, uh, this is insane, right? Because the racetrack, as Gary says, people in America, you guys don't re- – I mean, it is a third width of our racetracks. It is proper insane how narrow this track is, right? I thought Road Atlanta was narrow when I came, narrow when I came out of the pits the first time. I'm like, wow, this feels narrow. If it's No. It's like racing at, what, Aintree when it's like a, like a footpath through there? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's hard to express in words. Go yeah, ahead, Gary. I don't think there's many – in the UK where you can get that close to the racing now as you can at Cadwell. If you're standing outside the cafe there, as, as we say, you're probably, what, 10, 12 feet away, tops? That's it. That's and you wild. see them, and it's, it's – listen, it's hard for me to express in the words. It's like my love for motorcycles is sitting here doing this, man, with, with you two gentlemen. It's a proper – it's the most beautiful thing, I'm telling you guys. Listen, watching on TV, playing the video games, yeah, it's cool. It, it looks badass. But when you're physically sitting there and you're smelling the fumes and you're hearing the bikes and actually how slow they come in to set up for the mountain. I mean, they're, they're proper probably first gear, Gary, on a super bike, maybe second, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so that's not very fast at all, right? So let's say what, uh, 60 kilometers, 70 maybe, right? Going out, going in, going in, and then left, right. And as soon as you hit that right, it's literally like climbing up this mountain and it's steep. And yeah, it's uh, you see this smile right here. It's it's hard for me to explain. It's well, you take you take that right turn, it's just like a wall looking at you, dude. It's yeah, unbelievable. It best racetrack. I I highly recommend anybody that's ever thought about going. Cadwell, 110%. Um, Luke Hedger's watching. What is up, Luke, my man? I'm 
can't wait to have you on, mate, for sure. We're going to have a good time. And then Sean Wayne, man, Sean, what an honor. Gary, do you know Sean? No. Okay. Sean, uh, he he's uh, he races too. He's uh, He says Cadwell is the best track in the UK for sure. He, yeah, absolutely. Proper, proper track. Uh, proper race track, that, Sean, definitely. Yeah. It is. And then uh, Chris has another. He says, I enjoy the way learning is broken down to basics. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I've taken a couple rider courses. I've never taken a California Superbike course, but I guarantee you this next time I come out to, to the UK, me and Gary are definitely going to get together and I'm definitely going to take the California Superbike school. Um, I love the basics of learning, right? Because a lot of people, when they get out there and you start, you know, getting to the track, I'm talking track days, right? It, it also transitions to be a better street rider, Gary. Okay. That's why a lot of people uh, go to s some of these courses because it makes them more aware of what's going on in the street. Proper pot body position also goes hand in hand with the street. Everything, right? Everything you learn at a rider course translates to the street. It makes you a safer rider because you're more aware, right, of what's going on and how to handle situations. Um, yeah, we're looking that we in the UK, the UK branch, we have um, a, a, a strong association with uh, what's called the Bike Safe, which is the uh, which is the police motorcyclists strapping to that sixty pounds, take riders out and and do an assessment of the rides for them and helps them and give them you know hints, you know tips and that sort of thing on road safety. And we've started to to gradually build up a, a link with the Institute of Advanced Motors as well for the same thing. Because, you know, it, I, I don't think there's – you can ever really get, get enough training, no matter where it comes from. Some people come to the school. Some people think that the school's not for them or go to the IAM or or do bike safe. And, and for me, you're probably thinking the same, Daniel. It doesn't really matter because it's an investment in you as a rider and, a, and as a person. And it, it's – it doesn't matter, as I say, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It's if, if you do training, then by all means, you know, do your best with it, it and, and never stop learning. You never stop learning every time you go for a ride. No, you as long as you're, as long as, you know, the, as long as you go into it, if you're, if you're not the instructor and you're the student, as long as you go into it with an open mind going, Hey, I'm here to learn and leave your ego at the door. Dude, yep. you're going to come out of there better and safer. I mean, a lot of the guys that I've, that I work with, again i'm a novice coach so it's like i'm at the beginning of the day i'm just like hey i'm gonna make sure you can get on and off the racetrack safely that's all i'm worried about right now let's get you through two sessions and be and then we'll start working on break points turn in corner exit that kind of thing but i want to make sure you're getting on and off the racetrack safe first because I, I mean gary you get this probably constantly you get guys that can barely ride a motorcycle they you know don't even know how all the what all the levers do we had a guy who was like i don't know i as he goes he all he did was use was his rear brake i was like yeah. what <laughs> yeah, i was like you've got another you've got two discs up front stopping one wheel instead of one disc in the back stopping one wheel um let's use this one you know just you know you, you get to guys like that that's just like guys just listen yeah we're, we're look we're looking in some respects in the um, people who come to the school in the UK have to demonstrate a certain level of competence in that they need to have a full motorcycle license or yeah. an ATU competition license. Okay. So, uh, you know, at least they know which control does what and, you know, they, they can demonstrate a, a measure of competence. But, but you're absolutely right. You know, if they, if they turn up with a, with a willingness to learn and to try things, then, 
you know, they'll uh, they'll improve and they'll go away with something, which is which is the most important thing. And yeah. and again, you know, we 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 charge what is a, a significant amount of money for a day at the school, and so we tend to get a lot of people who who come with the understanding that I've spent a shed load of money on this. I want to get as much out of this as I possibly can. We do occasionally get the odd one or two that want to share around, but generally a little word of advice in the rear gets them thinking, yeah, actually, right. Yeah. And they, you know, they go away with a with a result, which is the main thing. So uh, the schools is one, two, or three days, right? Correct? The the way we work, each school level takes a day. So, so you'll do level one and that'll take a day. Level two will take a day, level three will take a day, and level four will take a day. But each each thing really, everybody starts at level one and then progresses on to level two, three, and four, if they want to. Um, each each level effectively is the standalone anyway. You can do level one, make some improvements, and then go away and not come back to the school, but your adding will have improved. What you find is that generally people will have, will do level one, get get the, the appetite to learn more, and come back to do level two, and then probably come back to do level three. Um, but it, it, there's no real um, time scale on it. We generally get people who do two days, level one on the first day of the school, level two on the net, on the second, or maybe do level one at the start of the year, go away to practice it, then come back towards the end of the year to uh, to do level two. So it's it's quite flexible in that you know there's there's no sort of um, regimented way that you have to you have to do these all together. They yeah. don't. But. So, but but you do offer, let's say let's say if somebody. Uh, in the United States, was was coming out there and was interested, or somebody in the UK in, in your school would say, "Hey, I want to I want to do one, two, and three levels." Can mm -hmm. they do that in a three day period, or do you break them up in weekends? Like this week we'll do level one, next week level two. How does that work? Yeah, we in in the United States, then generally you can do the one, two, and three uh, in quick succession. What we found though was that um, after you've done level one and then level two to do level three on day three. Actually, there's a bit too much of an information overload and, it, and they are quite tiring days as well. Yeah. Um, and so generally um, we, we, we run schools in India and what we find on the Indian schools, they run three, they run three days so on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, one, two and three. And what you find is that day one, the, 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 the good, they're on the ball, they're, at the, they're paying attention. Day two in the afternoon it starts to drop off a bit. And with some riders on day three, it becomes damage limitation because of that tired. Yeah. You know, and day, day three is all the body position stuff and moving around on the bike. So to add to them to mental tiredness, then get them jumping around on a motorcycle as well. Right, right. As hot as it is out there, you can know. Mm -mm. Yeah, nope. right. So mm -mm. what's your recommendation, Gary, to everybody that that's listening that's interested in, in signing up for your school? Uh oh. as far as is is taking level one, maybe taking a couple weeks off or a month and coming back for level two and then level three? Depends very much on the rider, really. As I say, we get quite a lot of people who do level one on the first day, level two on the second. Um, in the UK this year, we're going to run seven, possibly two more. We're not sure yet, but we're going to run seven seven schools. So we'll have, um, we've got two days at Brands Hatch, Two lots of two days at Bedford Autodrome and a single day at, at Donington Park on the GP circuit. So really, you get a lot of people who come and do level one and two on a two-day school, or you can do level one and then come back to the following school and do level two. It, it really depends on on you and yeah. your, your capacity for learning. If you like, it's you know, that's not being detrimental to anybody. It, it's whatever suits you. It's um, it's it's a learning process. So. 
Uh, we have Nathan Waller here. He says he has booked in for level one and two for this year in June. And yeah, is looking we'll forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Mega. Yeah, dude. Really? <laughs> Nathan, yeah, congratulations, man. Like I said, the next time I come, it's not going to be next year, but the year after, I'm definitely coming back to Cadwell in the UK. I plan on staying for two rounds of BSB this time. I want to stay. It's either going to be before Cadwell or it's going to be Cadwell and the one after that. But I want to take some time out and uh, spend some time with you and Jane in California Superbike School and, yeah. and, and check it out. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a proper time. And I tell everybody this, Gary, I had – the best race time of my life i've been to moto gp races i can't count i've been to every moto gp race at indy except for one texas i've been to six of them laguna seca uh cadwell park bsb was by far the best time i've ever had in any race organization i've ever been to it was I, it's just the whole experience right being in the uk the food the people the atmosphere the energy the the holy shit look at the mountain like are you kidding me right now yeah it's it's uh the food at the track is not that good just like at every racetrack right let's just be honest now everybody no track food is good this. no track food is good let's just keep it real right yeah yeah for years ain't no racetrack race food good no and so i on that note i met helen uh helen uh she runs the media center there at cadwell uh me and her had a bunch of hugs, dude. What's up, Helen? I know you're watching. You had commented. Uh, she She's proper. And we were sitting there, and we were chatting, and somebody brought her a uh, – I forget what you got called. It was a, a biscuit. with It's like a bacon, egg, and cheese, right? Uh, and she's like, how much did you pay for this? She's like, oh, hell no. I'll be right back. So she goes all the <laughs> way down and comes back. She gets her five pounds back and still got the biscuit. I was like, let's go. I like this girl. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's proper right there. Yeah, <laughs> she wouldn't have to argue with the concession yeah, lady. Yeah, like, I run this. Not gonna have it. Yeah, good stuff, Helen. I love you, girl. Yeah, oh, awesome. God. oh that's great. Uh, like I said, everybody that I met, Gary, was just—I uh, can't put into words. It's—it's it, it's hard for for me to describe that whole experience. Nothing but the best word I know how to use is what an honor and, and mega, right? Cause that, it's the most, I think genuine comment you can give anybody what an honor it is to chat. What an honor it is to meet you. This is so mega. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Anybody out there, um, anybody that, uh, and also Gary, uh, a, th a thing with me too, is I try to get all my knucklehead friends off the street. Not so much just getting into road racing. Right. But, there's a time and a place for everything. Okay. Yeah. There's a time where, yeah, you want it to interstate and, you know, do over a hundred miles. I'm not condoning this, by the way, all the live viewers, this is not what I'm condoning. What I'm this saying is, is we're not condoning this. We're just saying it happens. Right. There's a time <laughs> and a place for everything. Okay. We've all been there. We've all leather suits, dragging knees on the street, blah, 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 blah. Right. But the risk is not worth it on the street. Right. If, if you just, listen to gary and sign up or listen to my man daniel go to him and sign up whether in the uk or the united states or you want to go to michael carrera which big shout out to sfl mini gp which is one of the best ones here in the united if not the best one in the united states i need to go down there and ride with um them. listen it, it's 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 uh some of my friends right they'll be like oh well for my first bike i'm gonna buy a cbr 1000 you're not I'm like, <laughs> no um, you're not 
this is what I this is my excuse, Gary. I say, listen, I, I got a lot of mates that professionally road race. Okay, um, I'm gonna take one out of the junior cup. Avery Dreyer just won the the the, the champion, right? Um, you're saying you're a better rider than him. He's a 400 cc champion, but you can you're ready for a 1000 cc, but you don't know how to properly ride a motorcycle, much less know anything about body position, target fixation. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to convince somebody uh, when they're Ricky road racer, you know what I mean? They had that mentality that, Oh, I can do this. I can do that. Um, you got to crawl before you can walk. Right. Uh, I always tell people, listen, leave your ego at the door. Cause it's not the place for it. Motorcycles is not the place to have an ego because you're going to find yourself in a bad situation really quick, you know? Um, but being with somebody like Gary in the California Superbike School, getting in touch with Daniel or Michael Carrera in the SFO Mini GP, learn the proper techniques on how to ride properly, the body position, um, you will notice a world of a difference in your riding. You'll be much more comfortable even at speed, okay? Um, it's, it, it's, it's really a big deal. Um, racing on the street's not cool. I mean, it's not. Let's just be honest, right? Um, certainly, certainly in the UK now, the climate is such that if that sort of thing does happen, you're going to get invited to meet the magistrates. And, um, and in the UK at the moment, really, I think you've got a better chance of going to prison for exceeding the speed limit than you have for burglary. Yeah, so it's um, – yeah, dude, they, they don't play out there in the UK. I, I, they, they're the same in Canada. I went to Vancouver a couple of years ago, and – cross the border and it's like oh wait no these speed limits are serious okay because like you look at this like i'm talking to one of the guys that was there that was from vancouver that we were hanging out with and he goes oh yeah speed tickets appear insane he goes they 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 don't play you don't speed here i'm just like all right i looked at dad i was like i ain't moving up here then <laughs> like i can't can't ride like that up here so as you say, you know, there's plenty of track days now knocking about for people to, to go on to and return up at a track day organiser in the novice group. There's always people there as part of the team who are instructors will say, I've never been on track before. Would you mind giving me a tow around? And the more oh, than yeah. happy. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's my job. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one thing, Gary, that I love about our motorcycle community, right? You, you can You can go up to anybody. Let's say if I show up on a track day and, oh, man, dude, I, I – I need a tool or I need, I, I just need something, right? A clutch, a rear wheel, a disc, or whatever it is, right? Somebody there's probably got it and they're more than willing to be like, here you go, mate. No problem. No worries. Right. And then all of a sudden you build this friendship with nobody you never even met. Right. And they might live a thousand miles away or 500 miles away or wherever it is. It might, might be 10 minutes away and you've never even seen them in your own town. Right. Now you became mates with this guy. And I find that in our sport to be one of the most amazing things, right? How willingness everybody is to help each other out, no matter how professional or high. So it's like uh, here in Moto America, you know, we got Team Westby and, and uh, Attack Yamaha, right? And I'm sure if if Westby bent a rotor or needed something, they can go to Attack Yamaha and they got them. Sure, 110%, right? That's what I'm talking about. You're not going to get that in NASCAR. You're not going to get that in the NFL football. You're not yeah. going to get that no in the UFC. You're not getting that nowhere else in any other type of sport but two-wheel sport, right? Because at the end of the day, we all share the same passion, same love, and we're there for, for the same reason, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah. It's, you mentioned uh, Pete Marsh and Jake before. You know, they're, they're in that same sort of position and Max Harvey. 
you know, if, if they need help, then they might need pieces from parts of somebody or they can help somebody out, then they'll jump in there and they'll do that. And it's great. You know, it's nice to it's nice to see that sort of um sportsmanship. Yeah, sportsmanship really. Yeah. You know, that, I've watched I've, I've watched uh the Brown like Chase and Reese Brown do a motor swap on an RS six sixty and Evan and Daniel Garver came in and jumped in and helped. They did a motor they did two motor swaps in a weekend on an RS six sixty. I'm like no, <laughs> at like two in the morning. I'm then for to find out the ECU was bad, but whatever. That's a whole other story. Right. But <laughs> but just you know, you're talking about like I've I race uh, SV650. I race the second gen SV650. Granted, those things you can you can throw a rock at a racetrack and hit four of them. So like everybody's gonna have something. Like I've like I've you know built. I've changed parts and developed my bike, and it's like. I just give wheels and stuff. It's like, here, I don't need this. I'm not using this anymore. Take this. You know, wheels and handlebars and, you know, everything. It's just the camaraderie that I've found is, I mean, I've, the, if we get the whole crew that I ride with together, we've got 2,500 square feet of easy ups. We got 25 bikes and we're like with just us, our crew, and we've taken up five massive camping spots. And it's, yeah, the camaraderie is there it, that you're talking about is amazing. It's the only time I've ever felt it. So it is. It is absolutely. So, Gary, what's the plans for uh, 2024 in California Superbike School? Well, we've um, we've got some dates that we're going to launch at the um, bike show this this coming week. Um, up until the end of the bike show, we've got an early bird offer on. So, if if people want to take advantage of that, then we can do. Um, so, looks like this year um, you mentioned. Uh, Pete Marsh and Jake before, so I'm going to be spending a bit more time uh, working with Jake, who had a good season this year, first in GP2. Good. Uh, yes, he and, did. Uh, and um, again, with, with Maximus Hardy and his dad, they're, uh, they're moving up to um, GP2 as well in Bemsey. Yeah. So uh, so it's going to be quite a, quite an interesting year, really. I'm looking forward to it. It should be That'll be fun. It's it's yeah. going to be proper. Yeah, obviously everybody knows I'm good mates with Jake. Uh, Maximus Hardy, I've talked to him. Uh, I'd love to get him on the podcast too, man. I, I love talking to all the up and comers, man. That that that's basically what what this podcast is about is all the up and coming people, right? That that don't get a chance to voice their opinion or have a spot on TV. You know, it's 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 a way to get their name out there and, and keep it out there. You know, you, you know, um, which which is a huge deal. Um, it's, it's how we got got involved in it, really, and that it um, you know, you look at the you look at the the VSB paddock in in whichever class, really. Then you've got an awful lot of people there who who've made it as far as motorcycle racing is concerned. They're in one of the top paddocks in the world and one of the best domestic championships in the world. But um, Jane's um, daughter is is an international cross player, so Jane used to take her all over the place to to progress her through her sport. My brother's an Olympic athlete, and so my family used to take my brother everywhere to progress. And so we we felt that. For, for us to to get involved and start working, particularly with with some of the racers, was to start working with the with the younger kids and, and help them come along because, you know, five to seven years that's their that's their the future. And going back to Cadwell Park, really, the, the way that the UK works at the moment is that you can't ride on a track day unless you're 18. So they'll get a 13, 14 year old kid rocking up at Cadwell Park for the first time ever on a 400 cc motorcycle or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, to put in qualifying laps and you know that we we were lucky in that as, as the school we were able to um 
work with Melford Vision and their sort of legal team, how now we can we can allow kids of, of 13 with an ACU competition license to come on the schools. So they can they can start to benefit from from what we do early, early on in their their racing career, and and hopefully that will stand them in good stead further down the line. So yeah, it's weird how they won't let you go get on a racetrack if, until you're 18. That's like we've got. Oh God, we've well that was a competition license, like I guess. But no, I mean Nathan Goker, this kid, he's 11, and he annihilated me hardly a novice year it was hilarious but we've got another kid he races i think he's in the honda talent cup over there he's bouncing back and forth i can't remember his name to save my life but um my man uh jillian carrera no it's not juju it's um it's another kid he's from kentucky anyway daniels that might be him but yeah he's like he does track days with us and he's 14 and he's you know, killing people. And then we had uh, another kid, Hayden Bickney's show up right. and race and do track days with us learning his R6. So it's like, I guess it, it's just weird. You won't let, it's weird. The government won't let them on there at 18, but they'll let you race at however, but you get to just have to jump in a race situation and not learn. Like that's, that's weird. I think a lot of that has to do with insurance too. Right, Gary? Yeah. Probably I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. But having having said that, we managed to get insurance cover for it. So, you know, yeah. but then awesome. well, that's primarily because we're at school rather than a track day. Yeah. That that helps too. Yeah, it's a learning environment rather than just a as quick as you can sort of environment. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, it does. But yeah, we, because we, you, go ahead, Gary. Lot, say we've had an awful lot of support on 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 getting that to work and and things starting to move forward. So that's good news. Hope for better things for them next year. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Yeah, me too. So, is your twenty twenty four already booked up? How far in advance do you, do you guys usually stay booked up? We we will we'll start launching it on the at the bike shows for the dates, and so we'll we'll, we'll start um, encouraging people to book online from there, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll do all right because last last year we sold out. Which was great news, really. We had that's the- always good. That's always good. good. Yeah, yeah. Really pleased with that. So, um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see see Kawasaki. We're part of the Kawasaki UK stand at the NEC, and uh, so we'll, we'll start speaking to Kawasaki about some bikes for next year, and um, then we can start taking people can take advantage of the early booking uh, through the website, and um, hopefully we can go from there. But uh, initially, I think I think it's despite the sort of economic situation and what have you, I think that, you know, it's it's looking quite good for us. We're looking forward to seeing an awful lot of new people back again, but um, uh, new people and and a lot of regular people as well. We get an awful lot of people keep coming back to do level four. And this year, I think we had the highest number ever ones for a long, long time. Good, so good. Doing the training, which is great. So how many levels is it to the school? Four. Yeah, but as, as I said earlier, you don't have to do all four levels. Um, you can do level one and, and leave it at that if you want and still make an improvement. But most people come do one and two, then think, well, I've done one and two, I've learned something, I've improved. I'll do level three and then come back for level four. So break down the levels to, to all, all the listeners. Like when you come into level one, it's this. Level two is this. Level three is this. Level four is this. Yeah, so So level one really is all about getting the bike stable for the day. Um, so just to just to talk 
taught the format. School day starts at seven with registration. Um, we check your kit, make sure that your bike's safe for you to ride out on track. Um, then eight o'clock is the staff introduction and your first uh, safety briefing, then your first briefing of the day. Uh, track goes live at nine and then runs till five. So we usually have about an hour for lunch. We run three groups. Um, each group generally will have well, uh, 63. So I'll have groups of, we'll have three people per coach. I'm getting all tied up here, but yeah, we get we get a coach to student ratio of three to one. Um, so that, that you'll you'll get your classroom session, then you can go and ride through the session to practice it uh, with your coach helping you and improving you there. Uh, you'll then have uh, a break and then another classroom session. So you get five rides, five classrooms, five breaks through the through the day. Um, so yeah, so level one's all about getting the bike stable. So first of all, we talk about what we do with the throttle, when we apply it, how we apply it. Then we go on to talking about steering it, where to steer the bike, how to choose where to steer it. Then we go on to steering itself, how you steer the bike. Then we go on to um, the the effort or the uh, the effect that you can have on the bike in terms of your you moving around on it or not moving around on it. And then the final thing for level one is a visual skill, which leads you into level two. And again, level two is all about the visual skills, getting to create space and plan for yourself, get consistency, um, and give your eyes a job to do, really, trying to, to break down this, this whole sort of target fixation thing. Um, last last um, exercise we do on, on level two is, is all about braking and how it helps you improve your, uh, your, your turn entry speed and how to get it more accurate. And then level three is, is pretty much all about rider stability, getting the rider to move around on the bike without upsetting it, dealing with chicanes and switchbacks, that sort of thing. And um, so that, that's, that's, that's level three. Then on level four, um, it's, it's um, a program that's designed for the, the rider themselves. The, the level four student will get a question there before talking about the strengths, the weaknesses, where they feel the need to improve, that sort of thing. And so there's less of a, a structure to level four. It's, it's not as structured as one, two, and three, where if you if you do something on level four, then we've got a load of different drills we can give you to do. Um, or you might need to revisit something that you've already done in the previous three levels. But the nice thing about it is as well is that, um, as I say, you can, you can go pretty much anywhere with it. I think there's something like best part of 200 other drills that we can apply to the, to the level four students and, and get them just to iron out those little things that need improving. So... Uh, student to rider ratio is three to one. You said that's right. Yeah. Yeah. E even in level four. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you can, so when you go out, let's say if I was there, I say, Hey Gary, I need a little help on this. You know, you follow me out here. It's, it would just be me and you or me and you and three other students, two other students or. Yeah. You, you get the classroom session and then you, you, you go out to ride it. And so you go out and practice it. And then your coach will find you through the session and work with you individually. Okay. rather than sort of you know in, a, in like a little duck sort of thing and then at the end there'll be a, a, a personalized debrief with your riding coach as to where it works where it needs improving and then um help you to work uh, to make the difference in that term that needs the most amount of effort to, to bring it up so uh you can either bring your own motorcycle or rent one from you guys correct yeah, yeah we, we've got um ninja 650s uh, we've got a couple of Z900s and we've got a couple of ZX10Rs that uh, we can we can rent out as well. But that's so, that's over and above the price of the school day. Okay, I got you. You, you got to pay extra to to rent the bikes. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. That covers your, your fuel and uh, your tires for the day. But to be fair, um, it, it's it's a lot better actually if you bring your own bike. You're going to be riding at seventy five percent of your maximum ability, <coughs> which will significantly reduce the opportunity for you to hit the floor. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be riding your own bike anyway afterwards, so you might as well. Yeah. Well. Let me ask you this, Gary. Somebody show has anybody ever show up to the school and totaled one of one of the school bikes? Tell us about that. Oh, come on! You know that happens. I know, I know, but I I want to hear the a crazy story. Be like, dude, you wouldn't believe it. This guy just bend this brand new bike. It's total loss. You know what? It upsets me. I can't even go there. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. So. I've seen it over 22 years, and it happens. Fortunately, it doesn't happen very often. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not ideal. But but unfortunately, it's one of those things, isn't it? You get to throw a leg over a motorcycle, you're entering through contact. That at some point, you know, you might find yourself on the floor. Yeah. The coaches, given that the mileage that they do overall and and the, and the riding, because you know the students ride five sessions a day, the coaches ride 15. Yeah, it's a lot. And and so it's you know it's it's inevitable really. You do as much as you possibly can to to avoid it happening, but unfortunately, it uh, comes with the territory. So does Kawasaki have? Uh, who takes care of the? Who does all the maintenance on on your fleet of motorcycles? We're we're very lucky. The we, we keep the bikes for a year, and so at the end of the year, then we sell the bikes. Um, but in the meantime, we have uh, we have a mechanic who looks after them. And uh, and he does the he does a great job for him. It's a chap called Daryl Young, and uh, big up to Daryl, who was um, big one shout of out to Daryl. Yeah, one he was one of Vandermark's mechanics this year in World Supers. Bro, nice. Yeah, so he's incredibly good at what he does, and um, he's he's been involved with the school for quite a few years now, and uh, we get on we get on really well with Daryl, and he's, he does a great job for us. That's proper, man. That's that'd be an awesome job to have, man. Taking mm. care of the fleet. Of the well, until you've got to put one back together. Now, yeah, right. <laughs> Trey Beatty, I, I, he right. he taught at Kevin Schwantz School at Road Atlanta. He would. I was riding an SV650 on the street, and he would just come in like, "You need parts." I was like, "Kind of. Why?" He goes, "We crash these things all the time here." Just hands me a stock exhaust. I was like. Okay, <laughs> like full on so stock exhaust. He goes, take this. That's sitting in my garage. Get this out of here. He was bringing me like he. Brought, I asked him if because I had crashed mine, and he goes, and I was like, you got a radiator? He goes, no, that's the first thing that touches the ground on that bike. I was like, damn it. But no, he was bringing me like uh, spit speedometer clusters and everything. I was just like, oh my god. He goes, yeah, we go through about three of these every every uh, school. I was like, oh. Ugh. What do you do? What's Kevin teaching them? <laughs> yeah, right? What are you guys doing over there? So, uh, Gary, l- let me ask you this: uh, uh, away from motorcycles, away from the school, uh, away from all that, right? Uh, do you read any books? Yeah, I like reading because I, I spend quite a lot of time on airplanes, usually through the through the school year, especially on the away schools. And so, uh, yeah, I tend to tend to read quite a lot, but I quite like reading biographies. Um, but it's, I tend to try and avoid uh, sporting biographies because they tend to be good in that you know you you revisit all the successes that they had, but you very rarely get um, behind, behind the scenes. You never really find out who the, 
who the who they really are. Yeah, yeah, and, and the the mindset that got them to where they where oh, they ended yeah. with, with their with their particular uh, sport or whatever it, whatever it would be. So, um, what's the best book you you've read lately? Oh, blimey. Mike Tyson's autobiography. Oh, dude, I heard that was really good. I haven't read it. That one's amazing. To read it. I, read, so, I read it in three days. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Uh, so I, I listen oh. to audiobooks. I, I, I find myself, if I actually pick up a book and I read it, I tend to right, mm -hmm. pass out right, and nod off. Whereas <laughs> since since uh, I listen to podcasts, I was like, you know what? Let me start doing the audiobooks, of course. So I throw my earbuds in. I'm at work, whatever. I listen to the books. Uh, uh, but I'm kind of the op. I'm not the opposite. I'm like you. Uh, uh, I, I've I got Shaky Burns book, uh, John McGinnis, Michael Rudder, all guy Martins. I mean, obviously, I'm a two wheel fan, so I've listened to all those. And you're right, it's all, it's all their career, how they got into it, all motorcycles. Very, very, very few, uh, except for John Hopkins. John Hopkins books really gives you an insight. That one's wild. Dude, that's probably that the best motorcycle wild. racer autobiography I've read is John Hopkins. Really? If you haven't, yes, if you it's have not, wild. Gary, I highly recommend it because he talks about the whole alcoholism, drugs. I mean, the whole nine yards. We well, don't hear that out of, you know, of course, uh, you know, when riders get hurt, of course they pump up with drugs and all this, and I'm sure some of them get hooked on it, but you don't never hear about it, right? So it, it's just, this is life. I mean, this is raw life. It happens. You go to the doctor, you break a leg, they give you all these hydrocodines or whatever it is, right? Next thing you know, that we, you're off of them. You still hurt. You want it because you're addicted to it. You don't realize it. But, dude, he goes through the whole spill, and it's it's proper. It's because wild. he's honest about it, right? And it's to me, that's the best motorcycle uh, autobiography there is out there on the market right now. It's definitely. Did he buy Mike Tyson's house? We just talked about Mike Tyson's biography. Didn't no. Hopkins buy Tyson's old house? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Yeah. Seven um, circles of bacon here. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, uh, David Goggins uh, is one that I just got done. I read both of his, which is really good. He was. He is a massive human being. Dude, I saw him running because his mom lives about ten miles. Like the city she lives is about ten miles away from me, and he's. And I'm sitting there at a stoplight going to work, and I'm like, see somebody running. I go, nobody runs here. Like nobody runs in this. Nobody runs in this section. In this section of the town. Like there's a couple of gas stations, there's a big exit exit to get onto the interstate, right? And it's just this huge guy just trucking along, and I'm like, who in the world? Oh my god, that's David Goggins! Like, like what up, dude? Yeah. Ain't stopping that man. Heck, no, yeah. that man look at me. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh -uh. No, but he is a massive human being. He is. So Gary, his whole book is like it's very motivational, right? He's the he was the 37th black uh, Navy SEAL. He went through the whole used to be fat, lost a bunch of weight, nothing but motivation. Now his whole mindset is, fuck it, you can do it. I don't give a shit what they say. You know, it's 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 a very good motivational book. Uh, he's a savage. He, he's straight beast. I <laughs> he's mean, a it's straight beast mode. Uh, look, look, uh, Peter Marsh. Hey guys, sorry, just got home from work. I bet I've missed so much. Good context, Peter. But the good news is, Peter, what is up, mate? You can uh, go back and watch it as soon as it's done being live on Facebook and YouTube, and tomorrow it'll be out on Spotify and our heart and and, and all that good stuff. So yeah. I told him he needs to pack that work in. It's interfering with his motorcycle. Right. And listen, Peter, dude, I actually have, uh, I had Benny Grayson on 
And uh, we had talked about this earlier, but this could be a conversation for, for me and you and Jake about some pranks you guys pulled on each other uh, this year. I can't wait to hear all about them. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this, Peter. Favorite Netflix series? Me. I mean, Gary. Sorry. Gary. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's really one o'clock. <laughs> no, man. It, it's... <laughs> You know hey what? man, this is hard water, okay? It's hard water. Whatever you gotta do to get through the day, bud. <laughs> I don't I don't actually watch a lot of television. It's okay. not um, and I, and I never really have done really. This uh, I don't I don't know why. Um I spent I spent the time of five years without a television at all. Oh nice. And that was great. Yeah. yeah I have a question. There is a picture of a mid sixties Formula One car next to Freddie Spencer. Who is that? Oh, that's uh, John Surtees when uh, he won the uh, yeah. when he won the world championship in Mexico. I was literally I was like, I think that's a Surtees car. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna ask. Um yes, it's, think... uh, it's an autographed picture. Oh yes. How Mr. Mr. Barber down here at here in the here in the states, he's got his museum. He's got a massive Surtees collection. I think yeah. he may actually have that car sitting in the That's museum. It. He's got yeah. he has a Surtees car. Um, who did he let out in it? I think he let uh, Dario, and Dario was still here, living in living in Nashville. He drove. He went down to Birmingham to go, and he let Dario drive the car. Um, but yeah, he's got. He's got a Surtees Formula One car, and he's got a Surtees MV. So he's that man's got everything. I did the studio. It's a motorsport museum. It's fabulous. Oh, it's beautiful. Like it, I was there. It's a funny story. I was there. The racetrack was open. He was building the museum. The framework's done. It's almost all the way done. He's about to start moving moving stuff in, and we're walking around. And I'm a quarter marshal, so I, we're just like we're leaving. We're just gonna you know poke our head in, kind of look around, and this guy walks up. And he's like, hey, you know, we're going to, hey, come on in. Like, okay, whatever. So we walk in and he's showing us, oh, we're going to do this, that. We're going to put this thing here, this, that, and the other thing. You know, about 20, 30 minutes. And we're like, oh, well, thanks. If you were kind of leaving, we didn't need, you know, mean for you to do that. What's your name again? I'm, thank you so much. He goes, oh, Mr. Barber. Really? Really? Thanks. I just got a free tour of the guy that owns the building for like not even knowing what's going on. But it's just like, yeah, that man's got so much stuff. Like yeah. it, he's got fifteen hundred on display and another two thousand hidden somewhere. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, he's got. When you walk in, you've got that big elevator and it drop. You can go all the way down. He's gotten into like race car bodies. It's weird. He's got like nine seventeen k and a two uh, uh, two sixty five LM or whatever it is, but just bodies just sitting out there. And then you walk and you walk back toward the door where you walk in. He's got a warehouse full of everything else that's not out there, that is all museum quality. And there's another thousand bikes there at least it's that man has everything <laughs> i've never been gary what yeah no, I, i've never been no i'm not i, I want to go to barber uh, that know. man right there has been to that museum and this man it's, right here has not yeah, yeah you live seven hours away never been it, I know it's a shame, and I apologize to all the listeners and all the viewers out here. I will make it. I promise you, we'll go. Daniel, we'll make, we'll make a trip. Like this man, <laughs> we'll make a trip. You know what? The video is ending. Bam! Now we'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll make a trip out of it for sure. Need, I, I want to go. Never be too bad. in the museum. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, dude, I would love to do a podcast there. How awesome! Hey, like, let's when for the barber round. I'm I'm gonna be there. Holler at me. Yeah. I'll be at the barber round. We can do a podcast with uh, the, the team. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. Set yeah. up inside the museum doing a podcast. Sure, now, that'd be awesome. I I would like to actually, Peter, when I come out there next time I come to the UK. You mean Gary? Gary, dude, listen. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. What? A- <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, I would like to actually do, do a live podcast with you when I come out there to the UTK, Gary. Um, yeah. I, I think that that'd be fun from from the California Superbike School. Be a lot of fun mm-hmm. to do. Um, talk to all the other instructors too. You know what I'm saying? It'd be yeah, it'd be proper, absolute proper. Um, so since you don't watch TV, do you watch any other sports like soccer or anything like that? I watch a, a little bit of football, that sort of thing, but um, not not as much as not as much as I should really. Yeah. Uh, so, who, who's your favourite football team? Um, well, being from Manchester, I'm a red, unfortunately. I'm just saying Manchester. I, I, I was like, damn it, I'm a City fan, and I was like, he's going to be a red. I know it's going to be that way, <laughs> but look, I live I live in a house full of City fans. Peter Marsh said, I'd just like to say thanks to my biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, you're welcome, mate. Absolutely your biggest fan, you and Jake. Yeah, awesome. That's good stuff, Pete. (laughs) The check's in the post. Yeah. The check's in the post. Absolutely it is. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Yeah, uh, so uh, one of my favorite players, of course, you know, uh, is is Messi. I always love Lionel Mm -hmm. Messi. Um, I also like Neymar. Uh, I know he's a bad boy. A lot of people don't like Neymar, but I do like Neymar, of course, Ronaldo, who don't. But, uh, of course, I'm in America, so Inter-Miami is, is, is my team here in America. Um, a lot of my friends, when I tell them I like soccer, uh, they, they, look me. They, they look at me like I'm I'm a foreign, like I shouldn't even be an American anymore. Gary, yeah. no bullshit. I'm like, dude, are you, are, you, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Um, Jane said Martin Adams had to mention Predator Pete Marsh. <laughs> yes, he did, Jane. Yes, he did. And what a great story that was. It was great. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I don't soccer every once in a while when I get a chance, but on the off season, I'm always watching reruns of of MotoGP, World Superbike, BSB, you know, all, all that good stuff. Uh I was watching Alton Park last night <laughs> from yeah. this year. That race was Mega, it is. Yeah. Dude, the last race of the year, I tell everybody, uh, if you haven't seen the last BSB race uh between Tommy and Glenn, it was proper mega. You know, it was is it's it's everything that 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 went with it, Gary. You had, you know, unfortunately Birdie, you know, the team, both teammates, both fighting for the champion, last race, half a point comes down to who finishes in front of the other except for glenn needed one person to finish between him and tommy in order for them to wrap it up if tom if they were one two tommy obviously got it so uh i I, I was super happy for him it was a proper year racing for them fellas right and uh a, a good uh i guess into the story of uh the unfortunate circumstances that 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 we had for the team you know what i mean um it's good to see that uh, Jordy uh, Jordan and in, in her name Jordan, his daughter um, yeah, Jordan. I think. Hang on. I, I, yeah, uh, she she's actually picked up and and actually running the team and carrying it on, which is good. Her 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 and her brother. Um, yeah, man, it's proper. So no movies, hardly any TV. 
we like books, right? Uh, soccer every once in a while. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, celebrity crush. Is this a man crush or a girly crush? Pick one. Who cares? <laughs> Either We're one. It don't matter. We do not discriminate. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bothered about discrimination. I'm bothered about incrimination. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, okay. No, no. Okay. This is this is all allegedly. Yeah. Is all it is. All allegedly. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Sorry. I said there's nobody else listening but the two of you. Exactly. Yeah, there's only two of us here. That's it. That's oh, it. Wow. Oh, that's a question. Red Jay. wine. <laughs> Grace, Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Jane, definitely. Jane definitely stepped up. She's like, I know, Grace. All right, Jane, let me ask cool. you this: who, who's your celebrity crush, Jane? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna turn the tables around. Who's yours, Jane? <laughs> Let's see what would she say. Celebrity, Mister and Mrs. That's right, Ger Gerard <laughs> Butler. That's a good. That's hey, I'll give that. I'll give her that. Leonidas Spartan three hundred in that movie. That's one of my favorite movies, right there. Yes. Yeah. Jane, proper one, proper one, proper one. Yes, absolute proper. So, you like red wine? Gary? Red wine. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I, I like red wines. I can't. I can't drink a Peter Marsh. <laughs> Peter Marsh said, "Peter Marsh, yes, celebrity. That is my celebrity crush, Peter. You nailed it. Yes, it's great. I love that. That's awesome. It's good stuff." Uh, what fun, man, Gary! What fun, man! Look, we've been at this almost an hour and thirty minutes, man. What a problem! Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's so quick, man. That's why I said, listen, we'll definitely have a part two, three, four, and five of this. Mm. Um, absolutely, because I'm gonna have coaching. I'm gonna have coaching stories to share after this coming year. I'm All like, right, I'm gonna be like, Gary, this dude. Oh my God, this idiot! Like, you've got to hear about this. <laughs> I know it's coming. I can't wait. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'll start watching some TV as well in the meantime. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. So listen, um, I'll, we're gonna we're gonna end this soon. Um, I got to go back to work. Unfortunately, no. It's listen. I get uh, I get such support from my work. They allow me to come home and do this and, and go back and, and make up my time during the week, which is what an honor, Gary. You know, That's really nice. It's it's yeah. uh. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's incredible. He he's the one that actually because I used to do just earbuds and stuff, and he's like, "Dude, you got to stop doing this." And so he's the one that bought me my, my mic and all that. So actually, but but before we get to that, uh, Jane said, "Ask him about Norway." <laughs> Gary's like, "I don't remember what what she talking about in Norway," <laughs> and the Suzuki, Norway uh, and the Suzuki. It took me 20 years of the California Superbike School to crash on a field day. Oh. oh. And I crashed. Cold track, cold tires is what I'm going to guess at Norway. <laughs> now, <laughs> no, it was, um, mm, yeah, it was, it was a surprise. Let's put it that way. Okay. And, um, unfortunately, I was working with a level four student on a Panigale. And um, when the bike crashed, the, 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 the um, the camera kept rolling so they could hear me cursing and kicking the Suzuki on the floor, calling it all the names under the sun. As you should. As you, yeah, right. I was given an end-of-year award by my coaching peers after that conversation. 
Right, Sound like my kind of people. Facts. You said coaches <laughs> rode past you, Gary, kicking the tires with his suit all blown up. <laughs> That's funny. Well, That's well. awesome. Yeah, we've seen it all on TV. <laughs> <laughs> You do. Yeah, you right. see, see that cartoon, the Pink Panther. You know when he pulled the string in the middle of his chest and went. Poof. Yep, just like that. Mm -hmm. He looked like the Pillsbury Dough Man. Jane, you're yeah. hilarious. <laughs> we got. It sounds like we need to get Jane on this show too. Yeah, yeah, Jane, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have Jane in with you next time, Gary. Keep her away from it. There's far too much motorcycling secrets to be told. I did get her on. Let's go. Let's go. She said no. Too, Don't you start that. It's okay, Jane. You, we're, we're, we're just fine ha having you comment. This is this is hilarious. I love it. This is awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, Gary, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, how they can sign up for the California Superbike School in the UK? Yeah, there's we we have the website superbikeschool.co.uk. Um, all the information's on there. Have a look around. There's there's information about the crew, what we teach, where we go to. Um, as I said before, the dates are going to be out at the NEC, which starts on Saturday and runs to the following Sunday. Um, so we'll be there all week on the uh, part of the experiences section for the Kawasaki UK stand. Um, there's, there's a phone number on the website. If you've got any questions or an email, then by all means, email us, give us a call, and we'll uh, do our best to, uh, to talk you through things. There you go. You it's up on um, the screen, Jane at superbikeschool.co.uk. Yeah, give, give Jane an email and uh, we'll do our best. To, uh, and again, uh, it's it's been a little bit rocky the past few years with the school and one thing or another. Um, but I think that it's it's going well now and uh, things have things have improved. And uh, I just want to give a big plug really to, uh, to all our partners, everybody who's been involved, Kawasaki. A lot of them are longstanding um, you know, partners with us. So we've got Kawasaki, Pirelli, RNG, um, RST and RI, um, Fuchs, Silkeline, Roadskin, um, Carol Nash and, and 151s. They've all done a fantastic job for us. And uh, we, we hope to continue with them for for many years. And clothing, yeah, don't forget Martin at Clothing Kings as well. <laughs> Absolutely not. Y'all see it on the hat? You see it on the hat right here? Yes. I need to get one of those hats. Dude, yeah. listen, I got you. So big shout yeah. out, just like what Gary said. Listen, everybody want to listen to it. Uh, Jane at superbikeschool.co.uk. Uh, sign up. You guys will have a proper time. The best time you guys ever had uh, learning um, to properly ride a motorcycle. Not race, but ride a motorcycle, right? That, that, that's what it's about. Peter Marsh, the team behind the school are amazing. They, they are. They're all proper. And I can't wait to meet every single one of them the, the next time I come out there. Um, but, yeah, I want to say thank you to everybody that watches, likes, and subscribe. Please leave comments, feedback, hit the bell, all that. We're on Spotify, All Heart, yada, 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 the whole nine. Um, big shout-out to Peter Marsh and Jake uh, for all their love and support. It means the world to me. Also with Martin at the Clothing Kings, I said this at the beginning, for the best merch in the world. What a proper lad. Uh Martin is with, with the clothing Kings. Uh, Gary can contest to that. So can, and Peter and Jake and a host of other Max Hall. He makes his clothes, Chloe Jones. I mean, he, he does it for a lot of, a lot of people out there. Um, and it's simply the best gear out there. It is all my shirts that I've got from my hats are just simply amazing. Um, 
But yeah, big shout out to them for sure. Cameron Frazier again, mate. Thank you so much. What an honor it was to have you on the podcast. Send me your shirt, dude. It was when I got it in the mail the other day, Gary. I was like, yes, dude. Look at this. This is badass. My wife's like, that shirt is awesome. Um, and everybody, dude, listen, I love all you guys, and it's an honor to be friends and mates with every single one of you. Uh you guys know who I am. I'm Chris Show Simcoe. My man Daniel Jules wasn't here, but I want to give a big shout out to Jules. Jules was at work today. Uh, he actually tuned in and watched um, f- for a little bit. So, Jules, if you're having, I hope you're having a good day anyway. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we miss you, mate. Uh, can't wait to have you on again. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. This is part one of the yeah, California Superbike. Gary will be back. Okay, so Gary's going to be back. Actually, matter of fact, when we end this video, Gary, I need you to stay on with us for a few more minutes because we're going to go ahead and and preset a, another one up for, for 2024. But uh, listen, I hope you guys that, that did listen and got a chance to to watch and listen live, thank you guys so much again. Um, and if you missed it, no worries. As soon as this ends, you can go back and rewatch it and on Spotify and all that stuff tomorrow too as well. So, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot. What an honor for my man, Daniel Shoemake, my uh, special co-host today, my good mate, Gary, at California Superbike School, and his lovely wife, Jane. Thank you so much. You guys are, yeah, super amazing. Uh, what an honor. And again, as my man, Jewel says, I am Chris, the whole effing show, Simcoe. This is Pin the Gas Podcast. What a mega day it has been. I hope you guys enjoy and have the beautiful day for, for the rest of your day. Until next time. See you guys. All right, hang on one second.